So what's uh what's what's legendary? Le- legendary is George Clooney because he has the most amazing Hollywood life. It's of legend. It's the it's you know like the the type of Hollywood life that they make movies of. Like when George Clooney passes, his life is going to be looked back upon just like Frank Sinatra. And he's an astronaut, and he's stuck on Earth, and the Earth is dying, and we have some other astronauts on their way back to Earth, and he's now has a little girl, and he's got to deal with the little girl. It's a lot. It's a lot. This is the movie, The Midnight Sky. I keep, I, I always get the name of this movie wrong. Why? Peter A. DeLuca here. Welcome to AKA Pads Audio Audacity. This is my journey this is my journey to review every single movie ever recorded i that's it that's all i want to do with this podcast so along the way we deal with me we deal with some insights we deal with um yeah just life happening but it all rolls into movies and that's where that's where this is important because i believe in long-form discussion when it comes to film, review, criticism, all of it, long form. There's no headlines. There's no quick byline. There's no five-minute YouTube video because I call out the YouTubers. This is like as of right now, this movie, this movie kind of drove me nuts. It drove me nuts because I wanted to love it. I really did just because there's so much effort put into it. You you see the professionalism. You see it's oozing with excellence, to quote one of my AKA patterns. But this is the idea of the podcast. Now, I feel like every now and again, I have to like repitch it to all of you because, you know, uh, subscribers, commenters, they come, they go. Yeah, like I always have like an influx of new people. But we're in this Netflix stretch here. We're doing a lot of work around Netflix. And along the way, we're missing out on what you would say like low-hanging fruit traffic content drips. The Schneiderverse, Mortal Kombat, Kong vs. Godzilla, the MCU Disney Plus shows. Watch, believe it or not, the best uh, Disney Plus show is Mighty Ducks. It's <laughs> it's far better than Winter Soldier and WandaVision. Not, not saying that uh, those two shows don't exist without merit. They do. Uh, to uh, the the MCU though, like quick side note, it's it's too contextualized, and I'm just not into anything post Endgame. I'm just not. So I dig the Mighty Ducks. So check that out. But no, so we're in this very very deep thread when it comes to Netflix because Netflix stumbled upon something here. We're our 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 movie block coming up. It's it's not science fiction. It's astronaut fiction. Uh, and I have to begin with Midnight Sky, even though I can never remember the name. I always want to call this movie In the Shadow of the Moon because that's another science fiction movie on Netflix that I believe is like amazing. It's just so much fun. Check that out. You can skip this movie. But then we're going to do The Cloverfield Paradox, which I have to double check. I may have already done an episode on that so i gotta refresh myself i gotta go back and listen to uh some of my comments and then we're going to do stowaway which really blew me away so and the reason why we're doing this is because netflix was able to they they because look we're not just talking netflix movies here we're talking netflix acting as the greatest 
uh, content development unit production house studio in existence today. Now, you, you can come at me with some of those, like, you know, like very flighty, uh, placid, you know, placid, uh, plastic opinions, okay? But you're, you're going to you're going to lose and you're going to fall because there, there's really no one out there doing what Netflix is trying to do with the consistency, with the intent. And the intent of the three movies I just labeled is this obsession with uh, it's a newfound obsession. It's a newfound interest in astronauts. Uh, we can thank Elon Musk for bringing Mars, uh, Mars journey back into the lexicon, back into the culture, back into the zeitgeist. He hit a pulse with some of those comments. Now, realistically, it's nothing he says is going to happen. It's just not okay. We we have to be. I, I think he said twenty twenty five. We're going to be on Mars. I'm just going. To, I just let that sink in. So, but Netflix sees an interest in this, so they do these. Um, they're all like technically remakes of Twilight Zone, Outer Limit episodes, uh, movies from the fifties, movies from like uh, Pulp Fiction from the forties. Okay, these movies, movie ideas are not new, but they're nuanced. Okay, and that's important because we like, you know, we get the same ideas and they're regurgitated every generation. And this is a part of reading comics and collecting uh, old, you know, like newsletters and, and seeing some of the reviews when it comes to, you know, like driving movie theaters and having double, triple, quadruple features. Like, you know, th like this is a part of exploring like what this content and how it lies into culture so like every few years we need a new dracula every few years we need a new frankenstein tarzan uh some other characters that faded away mickey mouse the lone ranger we're getting that treatment for a run technically right now we're in a run of superman and batman acting as that but that's very similar to concepts, how concepts get regurgitated. And there's nothing wrong. There's nothing lazy about it. What, what George Clooney, Clooney tried to do with this movie, it's been done before. It's been done m many times before. I'm not going to waste your time with those examples. But what we get, though, we get a very tried effort to make a point because that's that's why we watch a movie and that's why we rewatch a movie is to understand the point of the movie. Now, the Academy Award winning movie, Nomad Land, I I literally just tried watching that a couple weeks ago. WTF I had to stop watching it. I don't see the point. I don't see the point. So I'm done. It's very hard for me not to finish watching the movie. Because it gets in my head, and I want to know, and my curiosity will always get the better of me. So, if I were to do a snap judgment review of Nomadland right now, I would say, let it go. But guess what? Maybe a year from now, maybe two years from now, maybe two weeks from now. I might say, it does have merit. You have to get into it. And that's the point of this podcast. So, I'm kind of harping on myself, and I'm harping on AKA Pads all the audacity. Because I see so much between episodes and it just angers me and infuriates me and it does inspire me. It inspires me to keep 
going because I feel like I'm the only voice. Like, I'm the only one out there in this fight. Okay? This is why there's no co-hosts. This is why I don't even like people coming on or talking about people coming on anymore. Because, like, if I know you, I'm going to know the effort you put into it. And it's not going to be mirrored. So what you're going to say is not going to equal mine. Now, that doesn't mean we have to agree. It doesn't mean that. But let's <laughs> go into George Clooney's. Because he, he, he directed this movie. And we kind of see the rise and the fall of a Hollywood legend. Because, look. I love Ocean's 12. I was just telling someone this. I love Ocean's 12. I love me some Ocean's 12. Because <laughs> the the Brad Pitt, George Clooney stuff on screen is just phenomenal. And I went on recently such an Ocean's 11, 12, 13 deep dive. I watched Ocean's 12 to where I fully understood the plot. And it is now my favorite one because the plot is so much better. The heist, the gimmick. The reason why we're sitting down, the point of the movie, it's just so much better than 11 and 13. There you go. And I like that we're not reintroducing ourselves to the characters, you know, like the like the Matt Damon bit from uh, Ocean's 11, where they go to like that Chicago bar. I forget the name of that bar. I tried to go there not too long ago. But no, uh, Ocean's 12, I love because it has more Brad Pitt and uh, George Clooney on screen together. And how do you not love looking at beautiful people? Like how you, I mean, thank you, Hollywood. This, this is the idea of why we make movies, why they make movies, because we're selling a fantasy and an image. So some of that does apply to George Clooney's filmography. See, I'm segueing. Uh, it's a segue. Seg segueing. Sorry, my, my nose is itching. In 2002. We have Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Now, this is his best movie. People are going to say it's 2005, good night and good luck. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind is a trip. It's a psychedelic trip. The movie to watch that movie with is, you guess it, Fear and Luthen in Las Vegas. Throw in some Jacob's Ladder, too, to shine it off. So you're completely out of your mind within six hours of <laughs> watching films. Good Night and Good Luck is there. It's one of the best historical dramas of the modern day. 2008 is one of the best sports comedies. Watch this movie with uh, The Longest Yard, Leathernecks. Watch it with Necessary Roughness. Um, I liked it. It has John Krasinski in it from The Office, who later himself became a capable director. And then we have what people would say is his best movie after Good Night and Good Luck is The Eyes of March. So from 2002 to 2008, he's, he's with Ryan Reynolds in Eyes of March. I mean, come on. You almost get this political trilogy. Confessions, Good Night, Eyes of March. And then he completely loses his mind because he kind of becomes a Matt Damon director. So Matt Damon, George Clooney, uh, the whole crew, because George Clooney's got to be in his own movies. 2014, we have The Monuments Men, a movie that is as quickly forgotten as it is watched. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to do a giant George Clooney block coming up, because I think we will, and I'm going to rewatch that movie. 
And then we have Suburbicon 2017. This is what you would say his hashtag woke movie. It was tough for me to get through the initial like 20 minutes, 25 minutes of this movie. A lot of these movies, I see like where they're going immediately. And it's it's not good storytelling because you're just waiting for like the hook and to be like affirmed. It's almost like, oh yeah, you were right. Uh, you know, thank you. And there's no fun. It's just not fun. And then in 2020 we have Midnight Sky, the second <laughs> of his like woke movies now, right? Because this movie is, which we say, far left um environmentalism. Now this is the cool thing with science fiction, though, because science fiction, like the best science fiction works in a singular universe, a singular world, okay? Meaning that, like, this is a desert world. This is a, a forest world. Uh, this is a future that tracks your time. You know, it's silly stuff. Midnight Sky is like silly stuff when it comes to environmentalism. The problem, though, is that George Clooney's not pivoting with this material. Now, I've already said this movie is a visual, like, awesomeness, a visual masterpiece. It's just beautiful. George Clooney's great in it. The little girl's great in it. Every actor is good in it. Um, you know, you see this little hook coming from the, the astronauts banging. But, like, you know, some of the astronauts come back to a destroyed Earth that George Clooney's trying to prevent them from getting into. Some humanity potentially surviving underground. When these astronauts reach Earth, we kind of do have the best um, moment in the movie, which is two of the four astronauts decide to go back to Earth because that was the mission. You know, and one of them's like, this is the mission. And one of them's like, this is the mission. And I promised my family. I have to know. I have to know if they're still there. That's real stuff. Everything else is just what we would expect. And that's a little bit of the problem because the hooks aren't there enough. Um, you know, like we wait for the speech of George Clooney, the revelation when he talks to his astronaut girlfriend or ex-friend or like, you know, like they got maybe a former relationship or acquaintances. George Clooney plays this genius astronomer that finds, you know, what to inhabit, which is kind of cool, right? Like, because, you know, it's not the interstellar bit where... <laughs> Like, you know, where oh, we have to find a place to live. Let's have a whole movie about it. And then let's add a, uh, a black hole paradox in the library at the end and, and hope you follow it. Because guess who still can't follow Interstellar? Even though I, I literally love watching that effing movie. I really do. But we wait for George Clooney to do the speech, which is we screwed up the earth. You left like so many years ago, and by the time you came back, we screwed it up. So, you know, like, okay, why don't you say that in the first five minutes? And then give me something else. Give me something with uh, some grit. And I'm kind of on a George Clooney kick recently because I really got into the Oceans movies, 11, 12, and 13, and um, not Out of Sight, even though I absolutely love Out of Sight. Um up in the air, I've been watching. I watched that movie like three straight times. Like, holy shit, Up in the Air is just perfect. Just, It's a perfect movie. So, I don't know. It's hard for me to recommend this movie because I know it's, it's not going to be gripping enough to hold you 
to the point and where the point is rehearsed. It's it's just not there. But if you do like George Clooney and if you if you are into actor directors like I am, I love actor directors. This is a must watch. It's a must watch to like track this to you know like to track someone's career and their development. And this you can argue is his biggest movie. I mean, it's a hundred million dollar movie. Uh, it's hard to know if it looks it because like we're not in a theater, but it looks like they spent money on this movie and it does come through. Couple weird green screen shots, not a big deal. Who cares? So it's tough. And there's also like a ridiculous um, accident where he's uh, on this this super uh, like jet, uh, not jet ski. It's almost like a, um, it's a snowmobile, but it's, a, it's like a super sn- snowmobile. And he falls into like the Arctic, like he falls into the water and it's night. And you're almost like, okay, like you're dead and he and he's not dead. And you're just like, okay, like moving on. We'll move on if we get to a place, which we didn't. And now that scene sticks out. So everyone, tomorrow, next episode. I'm just going to say next episode because it's Friday. It's beautiful. Philly's in 60 degrees. We're going to do the Cloverfield Paradox, and then we're going to do Stowaway. And there was a fourth astronaut Netflix movie that I completely forgot. I'm going to have to research that now. Now I'm going to scroll through every single movie now on Netflix because I'm pretty sure I had four movies in my head. I think I mentioned it on the latest episode, so I got to listen to some of that. But I'm going to figure that out. Next episode, Cloverfield Paradox, a movie everyone hates. Everyone hates, but I'm going to rewatch it before I talk to you because we're about proper film discussion and criticism here. We're not about selling you a headline. Who wants to put effort into content and ideas and imagination and and, uh, continuity just for a headline? Everyone, aka Pat, all the audacity. I love you. Rock and roll, and let's let's just go out there and create. Let's go out there and do something. 